going on, all you studs out there? Welcome back into the Hoop Culture Podcast. My name is Dakota Haynes. That's Jaden Simmons. Jaden, it has been a rough week. It is. We've tried to record this podcast a couple of times here, and every morning that we've woken up, a new trade has happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> all part of the Damian Lillard trade, but man, it has just been one heck of a week for the basketball community, for the NBA community. Uh, just, geez. Um, we're going to start off with our thoughts on uh, the trade, uh, and then we'll dive into uh, some more uh, trade talks and Lillard talk after that. Uh, but first, let me get your thoughts on... Um, the Lillard trade and what has transpired um, since then. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the Bucks they came in uh, completely left field, went ahead and traded for Damian Lillard, uh, ducking all the rumors, really. You know, we heard, we heard Miami, we heard Toronto, but uh, Milwaukee comes in just a week after hearing Giannis say, uh, you know, I need a contending team or I'm out of here. And they said, if you want a contender, let's give you one of the best point guards in the league. And I'm not mad at it one bit. Um, I think that they, they walk out of this major winners on paper. I think they have the best duo in the league. And, man, I, I, I'm really excited to just see what the season has to bring now, like looking at all the moving parts from uh, this trade. Yeah, you mentioned uh, in the – um, Slack, uh, the team Slack right before, or actually as the deal was uh, still in place um, that the in WWE terms uh, the Bucks came in with the RKO um, and that's honestly the best way to put it is nobody expected the Milwaukee Bucks um, to come in and uh, trade for Damian Lillard I mean there has been you know, talks about those two uh, teaming up in the past. And I had retweeted uh, the tweet from Damian Lillard. But back on, trying to find it here, back on May 15th, 2022, Lillard was asked, if you ever want to pick a player that would help you get into the playoffs, finals maybe, who would you pick only in the present time? Lillard had said Giannis. There had also been multiple times where Giannis had mentioned that he wants to team with Damian Lillard. Um, So, yeah, it was just very interesting that these two uh, have finally come together and are finally teaming up um, as we head into the 2023-2024 season. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, the the history between those two, even though it's not highly documented, you know, they, they, they foreshadowed playing together a little bit, but I'm just personally, I, as a fan of both players, I'm just excited to see what they do on the court, and I'm really excited for Lillard, especially being in a, in a position where he's now on a contender, and I mean, you know the Bucks. They 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 sat idly most of the off season. But now they're really emerging as, hey, we're gonna be a top contender. We're gonna be one of the teams to beat. 
So I think that it, it's gonna it's just gonna bring for such such a good product, and it's gonna be great for the city too. Mm. So taking a look at the uh, initial trade here, the Milwaukee Bucks got Damian Lillard, uh, and in return, Portland got DeAndre Ayton, Drew Holiday, Tumani Kamara. A 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030. Phoenix in that deal got Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, and Keon Johnson. But the interesting part is what has transpired after that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this morning... And we're recording this here on October 1st, 2023. Uh, so for those watching this past then, um, just a timeline for you of when this podcast is being recorded. But this morning we woke up to the news that Drew Holiday was being traded to the Boston Celtics and... You know, last night when we tried to record this podcast, I had mentioned that I would like to see, uh, I would like to see the Blazers move him to, uh, to the Boston Celtics in return for Peyton Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Blazers did not get Peyton Pritchard, which <laughs> I'm kind of sad about as a um, Oregon guy, but they got. Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, which I think is even better. I would not have expected the Boston Celtics to give up Robert Williams at all, especially with them trading Grant Williams earlier this offseason. I felt like Robert Williams was going to be a big factor in the future development of the Boston Celtics, and he was going to stay there for a long time. Because if you take a look at it now, they're missing a big. Yeah. Especially to come off that bench. They've got Kristaps Porzingis and Al Horford, but outside of that, they pretty much have nothing now. Right. But the final package, I should say the current package for Damian Lillard, is DeAndre Ayton, Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Tumani Kamara, uh, 2024 top four protected from Golden State, uh, which was acquired in the Drew Holiday deal. A 2029 Bucks first round pick and a 2029 Celtics first round pick, which was also acquired in that Drew Holiday deal. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the 2028 and 2030 pick swaps uh, from Milwaukee as well. So this is just a wow. Like I didn't really see that deal coming uh, especially to the caliber of what Portland got in return for Drew Holiday mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be something around there but I didn't expect them to trade Williams and two picks two first right. round picks for Drew Holiday yeah and I mean you know, the more that that Portland keeps flipping these assets, the the better and and better it's looking that they didn't go with that original uh, Heat package. Because I mean, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson isn't even a fracture a fraction of 
what they've gotten so far in terms of just asset accumulation. And I mean, you you got uh, Rob Williams, you got Aiden, you got uh, three first round picks now and, and two pick swaps. And I mean, it's it's probably going to keep on going and keep on growing with these assets. It's like Portland is just making away with like the king's ransom in in this return. Yeah, it's just been. And I don't think that the Blazers are done yet either. Um, you know, there's talks that Jeremy Grant might be on the trade block. You know, that contract that he signed had transpired before Damian Lillard had requested that trade. Mm-hmm. Had Damian Lillard requested that trade before, I don't think the Blazers would have gotten that do- deal done. Um, because it's a lot to work um, it's a lot to sign a guy to who, one, isn't really an all-star in the NBA, but it's also a lot to sign, you know, a 29-year-old um, to. Obviously, you know, he has earned that deal. You know, he's earned a, a deal due to the performance that he has uh, given to multiple teams over the past three seasons. But I don't feel like Jeremy Grant is worth the $30, $40 million a year that the Blazers just went out and offered him before Lillard requested the trade. So mm-hmm. after that, now that they know Lillard isn't in town, um, and he, they might go out and see what they can get for Jeremy Grant. If the trade package isn't high enough... They might bring him back and keep him on the roster for at least another season, see what he does, maybe trade him by the trade deadline. But there's also talks that Malcolm Brogdon is not going to be staying in Portland long either. Mm. I feel like it would be a really good thing to keep Malcolm Brogdon on the roster right now. Uh, Just in the fact that you only have uh, three veteran or three guards who um, are worthy of those big minutes on the NBA roster right now. You have, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple of guys on two-way contracts. Uh, You know, the Blazers have a G League team now, so uh, we could see some guys up from the G League roster at some point this season. But Three guys on the roster, not including Malcolm Brogdon, who are worthy of significant playing minutes heading into the 2023 uh, season. Mm-hmm. So you keep Malcolm Brogdon on the roster, right? What does that do for you? It gives you another veteran piece um, to keep and help kind of mature a guy like Shaden Sharp or a guy like Scoot Henderson, or even both, right? Mm -hmm. You could start Malcolm Brogdon and Anthony Simons to start the season, have uh, Sharp and Scoot Henderson come off the bench, provide you valuable minutes there, and then obviously maybe by the trade deadline, when you're, you know, probably ready to get rid of Malcolm Brogdon, because at that point... Scoot Henderson should be good to go. 
and Shaden Sharp might be able to slide up into the starting lineup as well. Mm-hmm. You could go ahead and sell Malcolm Brogdon for a very high price to a team at who at that point is going to be looking for a veteran guard who can give them some valuable minutes and play at a high caliber level. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I'm a big fan of Malcolm Brogdon and what he brings just in terms of, of leadership. You know, he is he is 30 years old, so he is, uh, you know, inter- exiting that, that, like, prime stage of his career. But, I mean, Brogdon is, is very accomplished in his own right. You know, rookie of the year, reigning sixth man of the year. He's, he's been playing winning basketball since entering the association. I don't think that there's been a season where he's missed the playoffs, if, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, you look at the locker room. I, I was looking at, at the roster uh, earlier. Like, the Blazers have eight players on roster who were born after the year 2000. So it's a, it's a very, very young uh, roster, young team. And, I mean, if you are looking to move on from Jeremy Grant, then, like, the oldest players in the, in the locker room would be Anthony Simons and DeAndre Ayton. So I mean I think that that Brogdon brings that that veteran that that leadership that presence and that maturity that could hold the young guys down and hold them accountable. I feel like he could play a similar role to what uh, Chris Paul did when he was on the Thunder. Of course, not to that degree of, of an All Star, but just in terms of helping mold those guys, like like you said, like Sharp and and Scoot Henderson, helping mold those guys into leaders and helping mold those guys into what they can become two or three years down the line. Now, of course, I wouldn't be surprised if they do end up moving him, um, but I do think that he provides a lot of value in that locker room. Yeah, uh, and you you mentioned the the youth um, and the veterans in uh, Portland, and I I saw a tweet that this morning um, really kind of pointed out to me that the youth movement is definitely on in Portland but not only is that youth movement on but they're loaded with youth talent young talent mm-hmm. you've got Scoot Henderson 19 years old Shaden Sharp 20 Anthony Simons 24 Robert Williams 25 Chris Murray 23 DeAndre Ayton 25 and people forget that Matisse Thibel, who the Blazers just brought back in, granted there was some uh, talks that Matisse Thibel could be on his way out as well and that he wasn't happy in Portland, but people forget that he is only 26 years old. Mm-hmm. That's a good young core yeah. right there. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, even the... Even the role players that are like not even expected to get heavy minutes are young. Like you got, you still got Kevin Knox on the roster. I believe he's mm-hmm. he's 24. Um, of course, you got you acquired Kamara in in the trade. He, mm-hmm. He's a rookie. You got uh, drafted Ryan Rupert. Like there's just so much youth and so like so many young players, and it's such a young core and. I really like the fact that they have Chauncey Billups as a head coach of this young core too, because this is like 
you know, as a former player, I think that he's going to know how to appeal to these guys. Like, this isn't just, you know, this isn't the, the Terry Stotts type coach where you're just expecting all of these young guys to fall in line. It's like, I, I feel like Chauncey Billups can take leadership of these mm-hmm. young guys and help mold them into the players that they can become. Like I said, uh, Portland, they're going to be really fun to watch this year. But they're going to be really, really dangerous two to three years from now when, you know, Scoot and Sharp are maturing and and Aiton is in his prime. Like, it's going to be – and Robert Williams, too. It's going to be very, very – they're going to be a, a juggernaut in the West, and I'm fully convinced of that. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned both Terry Stotts and Chauncey Billups. Uh, Lillard is heading to Milwaukee where Ch- Terry Stotts is an assistant coach. So yeah. those two are going to reunite. Uh, but in Portland, Chauncey Billups and the Blazers have the opportunity to, in a sense, do something that they've never been able to do before, which is move the ball. Mm-hmm. With guys like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony, and this is in no disrespect to those players, all three great players in their own right, but... With guys like them on the Blazers roster for so many years, they haven't been able to move the ball because when those three get their shot, they get their shot. When they get open, they just shoot. That's what they are. They're shooters. They just shoot the ball whenever they have a choice or whenever they have the chance to, which is great. You know, they're getting their points. They're helping their team win. The Blazers have won many games over the years with Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and even Carmelo Anthony. But they're shooters. They just shoot. And I, again, mean this in no disrespect to those three players. I think Lillard is a great player. I think he means so much to Portland and has meant so much to the Blazers over the years. But... It's going to be nice to see, and it was nice to see last year, just even when Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp were on the court together with other players, the Blazers are going to move the ball in Billups' system. They don't have one star player that that ball is going to go through. Rather than that, they have multiple young players guys who all you know are deserving of getting that shot are all mm. deserving of getting the chance to prove you know themselves and these guys are going to grow together so you know it's going to be really interesting to see how that all molds together and mm-hmm. how the blazers become this cohesive unit years down the road from now yeah yeah 100 percent. and um you know I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned my boy Melo. you know lifetime knicks fan that's my favorite player of all time but he's definitely a definitely a shoot first guy but um yeah I'm, I'm interested to see just like how dynamic some of these players are in that ball movement system um you know I'm, i was a big fan of uh scoot henderson coming out of the draft um of course, it, with, with the Ignite last year, he was averaging close to seven assists per game. And, you know, I, I see a lot of shades of John Wall in the way that he plays.
plays. So I think that, you know, opening up the position and opening up the floor for him to be a distributor is going to be the, the best for the future of the organization. I know that Anthony Simons is, can also uh, do some of that primary playmaking, but I think that having Scoot Henderson handle the ball mostly and having Simons come off of playing off ball, I think that that'll be just like the best for their for the future of their guard position. Um, I'd be very interested to see if uh, they run those lineups of Scoot, Simons, and Sharp simultaneously. Um, I think that could be very, very fun to watch just in terms of swinging the rock and getting those open looks. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just genuinely excited to see how, the, how these guys play together. And I feel like it, they're going to be a lot better than people think they are. I know a lot of people are just looking at them saying, oh, yeah, they're, they're going full-fledged into the rebuild. But I really wouldn't be surprised if, if they even, like, make a play-in bid. I, I, I genuinely believe that they're in a very, very – I'd honestly say they're in a much better position that, that they're in right now than they've been in, in a long time. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely um, that as well. But before we continue, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back after this ad from Prediction Strike. Just remember, it's the world's first sports stock market. Hey, do you want to invest in your favorite players like stocks? Well, with Prediction Strike, you can. Now, this app, Prediction Strike, you can buy and sell shares and athletes and build a portfolio based on who is going to perform in their games or just your favorite players. Download the app and use the code PHANTOM with an F, all capitals, when you sign up. Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market and welcome back in everybody once again my name is Dakota Haynes that's Jaden Simmons over there Jaden it has been as we said before a heck of a week yeah. um, we talked about it uh, but I wanted to bring to the attention um, you know, Lillard got to see his uh, jersey for the first time, and man, those new threads look sweet. Absolutely. But um, what I wanted to bring to your attention was the letter that Damian Lillard wrote to the city of Portland. Um, he, this is a heartfelt letter. You know, you, the more you read it the sadder you get type of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And it just, it just goes to show how much the organization has meant to him as much as how much he has meant to the fans and to the organization that is the Portland Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to um, bring out some uh, key points in this uh, letter here and we'll talk about it after. Um, but he goes, uh, Dear Rip City, I want to start, start off by saying this isn't a goodbye. It's a see you later. My words have always been from the heart when it comes to you, Rip City. I consider you my home as well as many of my family members, and that won't change. I've built my entire adulthood here and made so many friends that will never forget. 
The moments on the basketball court, as great as they have been, don't even compare to the experience I've had with all of you. The way you embraced me from day one gave me no choice but to reciprocate the love a thousand times, and I don't regret it one bit. I must admit that it does make me sad to see some people cross over and appear as my opposition in the wake of me asking to be traded without knowing the facts, because I truly am one of you. I hope there is a day when we can come together and reminisce on the great times, as we won't have them again, at least not as they were. That right there um, shows me that Lillard wants to come back to Portland in the future. Mm-hmm. It might not be in his prime, but it, he wants to come back and potentially help the Blazers win a championship later down the road. Um, which, interestingly enough, I saw a earlier in the offseason, like right after the uh, trade request, um, Lillard had liked a tweet that said he was going to go to a championship competitor um, and play there for a couple of seasons, hopefully win a, uh, one or uh, two or three rings, and then come back to Portland after his deal was done and um, pretty much win a championship in Portland and then retire. And he actually liked that tweet. Um, so could it happen? I think it definitely could. Is it probable? It just depends on where the Blazers are in the development of their young players and whether at that point Damian Lillard is um, ready to accept a, a bench roll. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I feel like LeBron set the precedent there uh, with, with his return to Cleveland in, uh, in 2015. But um, I, I do agree. I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Damian Lillard suit up for Portland. Um, you know, the only thing that, that worries me about the, the championship aspirations, aspirations is just the fact that he's already 33 years old. Um, you know, he's, he's coming into this, this Buck situation, still under contract for a long time. But I can see I can easily see him, you know, coming right back to Portland after this uh, contract expires and, and finishing it off where it all started. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do genuinely believe that Lillard's uh, reputation, especially with the younger generation of fans, is just going to be how loyal he was and how he was the face of this organization for all 11 years that he played for it. Um, and, you know, there, for at least for me, um, I'm a basketball historian, and I pay my respects to, to Clyde Drexler and LaMarcus Aldridge, Brandon Roy, all the legends. But, uh, you know, when I think of Portland, I think of Dane Lillard. And I think that he, he carries that same moniker. He loves the city of Portland. He knows that the city of Portland loves him. So I, I definitely think that we're going to see number zero coming back uh, before it's all said and done. And it definitely deserves to be hung up in the rafters when he is um, well into his retirement. Um, mm-hmm. Probably a couple years after his retirement, the Blazers need to retire the letter O. But um, he went He went on to say, Now I'm older and on my way out the door, a door that I always prayed would lead to retirement, not another team. I leave with nothing but love for the fans and the city that will never change. 
I want to thank Jody Allen. Jody, the first time I met you, you had on a pair of Alexander McQueen sneakers and a vintage Blazers jacket. And I thought to myself, this is a cool woman. I knew we would be all right. I apologize for any misunderstanding this summer because we have truly been great about everything the last five years. I will be forever grateful for your support in some difficult situations away from basketball where you showed true love and compassion for my entire family and me. We will have our moment. Much love to you. He went on to thank uh, multiple Blazers staff members, uh, thank Neil O'Shea, former Blazers president of basketball operations and general manager, uh, pretty much for making him this sixth pick in the 2012 NBA draft and allowing him to land uh, in Portland. He thanked Terry Stotts, who, as I mentioned earlier, he's going to be playing for. Uh, thanked him for the freedom and the love he showed him during nine years with the organization. Um, as I mentioned, went on to thank multiple uh, assistant coaches, uh, teammates, said to Anthony Simons, who is going to be taking over as the face of the franchise in a sense, uh, to my young fella, Anferno, LOL, he hates when I say it, but I truly believe in you, man. I saw it from the jump. It's not so much the t the gifts you have from God and pure talent, but the person that you are that gave me true confidence in what you could become in this league. I'm excited to see where, excited to see you become it. You know where you stand with me in our brotherhood and in my heart. I love you, bro. Um, and I remember looking back, you know, a couple of years ago, Damian Lillard had said that when he was going out the door, Anthony Simons was going to take over for him as the face of the Blazers franchise. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that to come this soon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, here we are, 2023, it's happening. Uh, he went on to thank Chauncey Billups. But nowhere in the letter uh, does he thank Joe Cronin, the current Blazers basketball of operations and general manager. Um, so my question to you with that is this. Did Joe Cronin do wrong by Damian Lillard and the Portland fans? Um. Well, like, obviously Damian Lillard feels a certain type of way about him by going out of his – well, by not acknowledging him in, the, in his goodbye. Um, I definitely think that uh, – you know, the situation could have been handled a little bit better. I feel like Lillard on his end showed nothing but respect and class in his request to the organization. I feel like, honestly, that it was going to be inevitable that that this situation would, would arise. And, I mean, you know, he stayed there for 11 seasons, was loyal for 11 seasons. I know Cronin's very recent to the GM uh, position, but, you know, uh, Dame, Dame was a cornerstone. But regardless, he was a cornerstone from the jump. And the amount of respect and class that he showed in the, or the organization, 
I feel like he could have been uh he could have been reciprocated that respect a little more. I know uh, he had said that if the deal to Miami wasn't able to get done, that he would have uh, wanted to uh, come back to Portland. But as, as we can see, that that wasn't the uh, the end result. And Cronin was very persistent on going ahead and getting them out of town. So I, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, Portland fans in the long run are going to appreciate the betterment that this will have for the for the organization. But I definitely think that Cronin might have uh, might have done uh, Dame a little bit dirty with uh, how it went. Mm -hmm. So here is my uh, sentiment and my opinion on this. Um, when the Blazers. Let me correct myself. Um, when the Milwaukee Bucks are sitting at or near the top of the East standings and Damian Lillard rediscovers what it's like to be on a winning team and a team that is relevant, he's going to be thankful for the fact that Joe Cronin didn't allow him to come back to Portland if the Miami deal wasn't able to get done. Mm-hmm. Lillard and Cronin have known each other for 11 years, right? Joe Cronin has been an assistant general manager for the Blazers for that long. At some point down the road, they're going to accept that, yes, they could have done some things differently during the process. And this summer of madness, as you want to call it, shouldn't define the relationship of Lillard's connection with the franchise and with the fans of Rip City. Mm -hmm. The separation has been inevitable for years. right? Lillard definitely should not have finished out his career with a Blazers franchise that was heading towards rebuild after rebuild after rebuild or retool after retool after retool. That's not really fair to Lillard as a player and it's not really fair to Lillard's character when he wants to go out and win a championship. Mm -hmm. So had the Blazers and Joe Cronin allowed Lillard to come back, it would have been the same old Oh, the Blazers just wasted his career by keeping him uh, in Portland during his prime, by not building a championship team around him during his prime, by, uh, you know, this and that. There's going to be excuses made either way. Um, you know, we've seen that thousands of times before. The Blazers didn't want to do that to Damian Lillard and Joe Cronin didn't want to do that to Lillard. He respects him enough to say, no, we're going to trade you to a team that we believe can help you win that championship. Mm -hmm. And that's the Milwaukee Bucks. Right? Everybody was saying, oh, the Heat. He's going to the Heat. That's his preferred destination. The more you look at it, 
the Heat or the Bucks are a better fit for Lillard in the fact that now he has a great pick and roll option in Giannis. He has a pick and pop option in Brooke Lopez. And he has a great shooter out on the wing in I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Middleton or Chris Connaughton. Middleton. Thank you. Yeah, Thank there you. We go. I don't know why I was drawing a blank there, but uh, great shooter and Chris Middleton out on the wing, and then you've got um, Pat Connaughton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those two Lillard and Connaughton have played together. Connaughton, you know, has made um, clutch threes before. He's a good shooter. You know, now now the Blazers or the Bucks, sorry. I'm used to saying Blazers when it comes to Damian Lillard. But the <laughs> Bucks just went out and got Cameron Payne to back up Lillard. So this is going to be a fun team in its own right. I think they're definitely the title favorite uh, mm-hmm. to come out of the East. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like the Bucks. The more you look at it, they're a better fit for Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, I feel like not only are the Bucks the best fit for Lillard, I feel like Lillard himself is also the best fit for the Bucks. Uh, you know, no disrespect to to Drew Holiday, and we all know how important he he played in the role of them winning that 2021 championship. But uh, Lillard provides something that Giannis has never had before in his career in the fact that he's able to create his own shot at the guard position. Um, Of course, Chris Middleton is a shot creator in his own right. But, I mean, when you have a starting point guard that is a threat anytime he crosses half court, is the best deep-range three-point shooter outside of Stephen Curry, it – it just opens up the game that much more for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I feel like he's going to he's going to benefit so much more from the gravity that Dame and Middleton are going to have on the perimeter that it's going to untap a level of his game that we haven't seen before. And that's what he can operate off ball in the post. Uh, Milwaukee now has, has a team that's built where you can literally just run four out and Giannis in the post and it can work effectively. Um, not to mention, you already said the the pick and roll uh, action that can happen there. Um, they have those those bench pieces that can come in and also create shots in Cameron Payne, uh, Malik Beasley, even Jay Crowder. Uh, the Bucks are are just this is the perfect team scheme wise that you could have put around Giannis. And yeah, like like you said, I I do still firmly believe that the Bucks are probably going to take the Eastern Conference. But, uh, you know, that, that other green team in the East is definitely going to give them a fight. I'll say that. Mm. Yes, the Boston Celtics definitely going to give them a, a fight. I actually upgraded uh, the Boston Celtics season preview on phantomsportsindustries.com earlier uh, after the deal was done. And let me tell you this. it After this trade, I'm not quite sure... 
what to really think of their um, their lineup and their bench. Obviously, the lineup is really good, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, tell you this, and we can you know maybe discuss it. Um, maybe you can uh, give your input here. Um, but uh, you've got Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Tapps Porzingis, Al Horford, and then on the bench you've got Derek White. Peyton Pritchard, uh, O'Shea Brissett, Lamar Stevens, Sam Hauser, Luke Cornett, Nemes Queda, Delano Banton, and the Boston Celtics uh, just went out today and got uh, Winyan Gabriel. Uh, so I, I I think that they still need some upgrades on that bench. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something that they upgrade um, during the during the season. But I, I feel like they really just bolstered um, their chances to win uh, this season as well. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it, of course, we're still going to be waiting and seeing the lineup that uh, Joe Mazzula runs out there. But... Um... I wouldn't. I also wouldn't be surprised if if they uh, run Derek White in the starting lineup as shooting guard and mm. just slide Horford to the bench so that you can have a a good replacement out there when Porzingis uh, comes off the court. But yeah, like you said, uh, their their bench depth and most importantly their their front court depth is is something to look at. Um, I do think that in terms of just a closing unit if they're closing with with Drew and with Drew Derek White, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Porzingis. I think that that is on paper the best defensive five that you can have in the game of basketball going into next season. So I really think I really like their chances with with those five to close any game. But um, as we all know, Porzingis does present himself as an injury threat. Um, and I mean that's why I was very shocked when I saw that they had moved uh, Robert Williams in that trade because uh, he he kind of provided that insurance policy. You know Al Horford is very very old, so you know we don't know um, what he's going to look like going into next season. But you know they bring in Winyan Gabriel for for depth. Um, they have Luke Cornett who can be a solid rim protector and floor spacer. But um, I do still think that they need to make another move to, to bolster that front court, perhaps looking at a Dwight Howard. Um, and and I, I think that just those five alone, like I mentioned, that's just, that's going to be, they're going to go as far as those five take them. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I saw uh, Isaiah Thomas tweet today saying, is this Celtics team better than the 2018 Celtics team on paper? And, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm just looking at the starting five, and I can't argue against it when you have four guys who have proven themselves as all-stars all running in the same lineup. It's, it's going to be very, very, very fun to watch. And like I said, uh, I feel like they match up perfectly with Milwaukee. Um, Drew Holiday has, has given Damian Lillard some trouble in the past in the playoffs. Um, and, I mean, they, they've, they've had some battles with Giannis, across the his career they beat him in the playoffs twice um so i feel like they still match up well um probably match up the best in the league against that duo right there and 
I, I'm, I'm expecting them, both of those teams, to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I'm expecting a seven-game series. Whew. That, that Eastern Conference uh, Finals is uh, going to be one for the ages if yeah. those two teams make it. Um, but you also can't count out the Miami Heat. I mean, they came out of nowhere last year. Right. You know, they nobody expected them to make the NBA Finals. Nobody expected them to even make the Eastern Conference Finals. But there they were at the end of the season in the NBA Finals, a couple of wins away from, you know, that inevitable uh, championship that every team wants at the end of the season mm-hmm. for a storied franchise. But um, the Miami Heat are definitely a team that you can't count out either. Obviously, they didn't land uh, Lillard. Obviously, they didn't land Drew Holiday. But there is a lot of great players coming back onto that roster. There's uh, still some veteran guys that they could go out and add. Mm. So... I mean, whether they bolster their roster now or not, maybe, I don't know um, what they do. But um, there's definitely a chance that uh, they could end up repeating and upsetting the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks, which I would hate to see, but yeah, it could happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel silly even saying this, but... Uh... You know, you can pencil me in as as a Miami Heat doubter uh, once more for this season. I just really think that, uh, you know, losing uh, Gabe Vincent, losing Max Struess, not really getting supplemental replacements, uh, aging Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. it's it's just looking like this off season was a lot of losses for Miami rather than than, than pickups. Now, of course, they do have the, the, the mystical heat culture, whatever's going on in that locker room that makes no-name bench players turn into superstars anytime the playoffs come around. So, you know, you, you can't fully count them out, but on, on paper, I'm, I'm just a little bit shaky about Miami now that, you know, they haven't really added anyone. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I'll be interested to see what they're, what they're capable of doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I'll, uh, I'll agree with you on that. Um, kind of interested to see uh, what transpires between all three teams. But um, anyways, uh, last part of the podcast for today, uh, we're going to do some trade grades. Um, who won this trade? Uh, we'll find out that out here. Um, so starting off with the... Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, who got Damian Lillard. Uh, that was the only player that they got in the deal. Um, mm-hmm. Your grade for Milwaukee? You know, I'm going to take the safe bet and give them an A+. Uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about it the entire time. You're adding a top 10 player in the league mm-hmm. to pair alongside arguably the best player in the world. Um, they create mismatch nightmares, uh, they're going to have an insane offense. Um, they do have a new head coach, so I'm interested to see how that uh, transpires. But just looking at the team on paper, it, it's the perfect fit for Giannis. It's the perfect fit for Lillard. It's it's going to be the best players that either of them have played with 
And it's it's just due to be great basketball. And I feel like it was worth making that addition if it if it's just the cost of Drew Holiday and, and some draft picks. So I'm giving them an A plus. Yeah. Um I could agree with you. I don't know if I'll give them quite the A plus yet. I still think that they're missing some depth there. because um, they did give up quite a bit for Lillard. Um they did go out and get Cameron Payne uh, today, which um, if you're uh, following Phantom Sports, if you don't follow Phantom Sports, uh, go check out the Phantom Sports YouTube uh, after uh, this podcast is uploaded um, and after you watch this podcast. Um, the night before it happened, this man, Jaden Simmons, had mentioned uh, Cameron Payne as a great fit in Milwaukee and told them to go out and sign him. And guess what? They did. So I'm telling you right now, Bucks, you need to hire this man. Amen. He knows the team. He knows what fits. <laughs> you you got to go out and sign him. But um, give, him, give him an assistant general manager position right now. <laughs> but... Um, no, I, I still feel like they're maybe one or two depth pieces away. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, they still, they have quite a bit already, but I think the loss of Grace and Allen is more than the addition of both Lillard and Cameron Payne. Yeah, Um, I can agree there. Obviously you're getting Lillard, a great player who's going to be starting for you, but you also just traded away Grayson Allen, who is, in a sense, a sharpshooter who plays great defense for you um, off the bench. Uh, so you've got to find a replacement for that now. You know, somebody that can fill in those uh, those shoes shooting-wise when, say, Lillard isn't on the uh, floor. But... I'm going to go a A, and it's on the verge of an A+. If they add one more player before the season, it's definitely going to be an A+. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to, to take another shot in the dark. Uh, you know, Bucks, if, if you're listening uh, out there, if you're looking for a guy to replace a Grayson Allen, uh, Reggie Bullock is on the market. Uh, you know, he, he just mm-hmm. recently got uh, released and, you know, consistent three-point shooter. I think he... Yeah, clocking in at, at 38% last season. Two-way player can play that, that small forward or that shooting guard. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're giving him some looks and add him to that to the roster as a as a vet that can step in when needed. Hmm. Definitely. Reggie Bullock has been he's been a great three-point shooter for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a great fit. But um, the Phoenix Suns got Yusuf Nurkic Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, and Keon Johnson mm-hmm. uh, gave up DeAndre Ayton to Monty Kamara. Uh, your grade for the Suns? Um, I'll give the Suns a solid uh, B minus. Uh, I think that they were able to turn to turn a uh, a sticky situation with DeAndre Ayton into some assets, and more importantly, into some depth, uh, which is what they desperately needed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you are losing out on a guy that you did draft number one overall, but you're getting Nurkic, who 
honestly, in terms of production, is giving you about the same thing that DeAndre Ayton was giving you um, with a little bit more experience as, as a veteran, which I think is going to be more beneficial to the big three of Booker, KD, and Beal to have a, a veteran uh, on that squad as, as they're trying to make a deep push into the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, adding him at the starting position definitely helps a lot. As you mentioned, Grayson Allen, he's a sharp shooter. He's a two-way player. Um, I can see him filling in as, as a six-man for them, um, especially with uh, how, you know, lackluster their bench was beforehand. And then um, Nasir Little, I, I think that's a great addition um, j- just for his defensive upside alone. But um, I'm interested to see him, you know, get that that chance to now shine in, in Phoenix as, as a key bench piece. I like his upside just on both sides of the basketball, and I feel like he can play alongside Booker and Beal very well considering his, his defensive prowess and, and their kind of defensive lack. I, I think that he's going to be a guy that they're – using to switch on like a opposing uh opposing guards at times to kind of try to hide uh Booker and Beal. So I think that they got some good assets um in return for Aiton. Um you know on on paper it's not it's not pretty, but I think that it's gonna help them propel themselves further into the playoffs. Hmm. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. Um I do like the fact that Phoenix added Yusuf Nurkic. I feel like, in a sense, he's the same player as DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just not as developed on the defensive side. Um, he is a little bit older, which fits the uh, group that the Suns are going with. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you've got you know Kevin Durant, who uh, is on uh, the verge, if he's not there yet, uh, of 30. Um, you've got uh, Devin Booker, who's getting close to there. You've got Bradley Beal, who's you know getting close to there. Um, this is an older roster, um, you know, older than the Blazers are, obviously. Um, you know, so I, I really like the fact that they picked up Yusuf Nurkic. I feel like he's going to be a good piece for them down the stretch um, if he can stay healthy. But. Um, with the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to go ahead and give them a B plus. I feel like the additions that they made, um, obviously I mentioned Nurkic, you mentioned Grayson Allen and Nazir Little, um, but Keon Johnson, um, you know, I, I, I feel like he uh, is overlooked. Um, I don't know what his true potential really is. I've heard some say that he could end up being a, you know, future all-star you know, years down the road, Um, you know, but Keon Johnson is only uh, 21 years old. Um, There's a reason why the Blazers got him years ago in, I can't remember uh, what trade it was, um, but there's a reason why the Blazers got him years ago and now they've traded him away. But I've heard that he is going to be a future all-star and a future uh, generational talent, future uh, franchise leader somewhere. Whether that's in Phoenix, whether that's, uh, you know, wherever. But I feel like he's overlooked in this trade too. He's going to be down the stretch. I feel like a very, 
valuable rotation piece uh, for the Suns, um, especially in depth um, Mm -hmm. at both guard positions. But final team, um, I mean, obviously in the initial trade, uh, we'll add the Celtics in, I guess. Um, But Portland got DeAndre Ayton, uh, Tumani Kamara, 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first the swap rights as well as uh, Robert Williams Malcolm Brogdon who the Blazers uh, actually just welcomed to Rip City on uh, their Twitter account so I do not think that Brogdon is on the move yet Um, the Blazers did not do that with Drew Holiday uh, Mm -hmm. so there's you know uh, some show that Brogdon is here to stay for at least a while. But they also got the three, uh, the, excuse me, the top t- four protected pick from the Golden State Warriors uh, here in 2024. And then a 2029 uh, Celtics pick. So... Um, Overall, I mean, I think that the Blazers uh, did really good for the success of, or future success of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the more you look at it, and it, it, it just, they got a haul for yeah. Damian Lillard. Um, obviously, they did give up Nurkic, Little, and Keon Johnson, especially the uh, the later, the latter two. You. Uh, Hate to see them give up, but man, the Blazers got a haul for those three players. Yeah, um, I'm I'm fully comfortable with giving the Blazers an A for how how they were able to acquire all these assets. I mean, you mentioned giving up Nurkic, uh, you know, bringing in Robert Williams, kind of just like. It, it, it definitely is a consolation, a, a great consolation for giving up Nurkic. I personally think that Williams is, is a better uh, fit, especially on the defensive end, one of the best rim protectors in the league. Um, you know, you bring in Malcolm Brogdon for that veteran leadership, and of course you bring in DeAndre Ayton, former number one overall pick. I do think that he still has um, potential to blossom into a, an all-star caliber player. Um, I feel like he's coming into the best position for him to, you know, have that role. You know, he, he's not the guy here, but he's not going to be a person that's indebted and, and blamed for, like, unrealistic expectations for a contending team like he was in, in Phoenix. So I, I think that this is going to be a much better situation for him. Uh, we mentioned the youth movement that they have and, you know, adding uh, what what's going to turn into pretty much six favorable first round picks to that it not only gives them the flexibility to turn assets into other stars later down the road but it gives them the the accessibility to kind of toy around in these drafts especially since they're much later down the line we don't know what milwaukee or boston are going to look like in in 2029 so i think that the blazers set themselves up perfectly for the future um and it's the best thing that they could have got for for the cornerstone of the franchise. I'm very excited for the future of this, of this organization. Yeah. And just taking a look at it now, um, obviously I'll do 
uh, the Blazers uh, season preview, you know, here as we get closer to uh, training camp and as we get closer to the actual season. Um, but, you know, taking a look at it now, I could see the Blazers starting Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Simons, Matisse Thybul, Jeremy Grant, and DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, mm-hmm. if they don't uh, move Jeremy Grant by then. Um, but then off the bench, you've got uh, Shaden Sharp, Scoot Henderson, Robert Williams as the backup center, uh, Chris Murray, and then Jabari Walker as the backup power forward. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very... It's a young but very talented uh, rotation of 10 mm-hmm. players. But, um, yeah, I man, it has been one of the best weeks um, as a, you know, NBA guru. Um, <laughs> but I'm so glad that hopefully the week is done. So, <laughs> um we got media day. Uh, I mean, some media stuff happened today. Uh, some pictures came out today of teams in their uniforms and stuff like that. But, um, Jaden, the NBA season is back. It is. Um, man, the off season flew by, but um, we are we are back. We are. It's gonna be so hype. Um, I am ready for basketball to start again. Absolutely. But with that being said, Jaden, once again, thanks for joining me here on the podcast today. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dakota Haynes. That's Jaden Simmons. If no one has told you today, don't forget that you are a stud. <laughs>